What's up, guys? Welcome into Taking the Field with Stevie Mac. As always, I'm your host, Stephen MacDonald, and on this episode, I want to do something a little bit different with today's show. I want to talk about some women's lacrosse, and specifically with Detroit Mercy. It, for those of you that didn't know, I am actually the broadcaster for Detroit Mercy Women's Lacrosse on ESPN+. This will be my third year of doing so for the team and for the athletic department as they've announced their schedule for 2021 as part of the new newly formed MAC conference. Now there's going to be six teams in 2021, three full-time MAC members, Akron, Kent State, and Central Michigan, and there will be three affiliate members, Detroit Mercy, Youngstown State, and Robert Morris. Those three coming over from the Horizon League where they traditionally play in sports such as basketball primarily. And then in 2022, Eastern Michigan will join the conference as well to make it seven teams. But one of the interesting things was that Robert Morris was sort of a late addition to this 2021 conference class, I guess you could say. And in doing so, in getting to those six teams now for 2021, the MAC conference in its first year should have an automatic qualifier for the NCAA tournament before it looked like they were going to have to wait till 2022 with the arrival of Eastern's program. But now they will have the ability to go ahead and have that automatic qualifier for their first year of competition. Now, Robert Morris is going to enter the MAC conference as the most tenured team there is be, being in their 17th season of D1 lacrosse. Detroit Mercy comes in second, entering their 13th year in existence. And with these two teams, Detroit Mercy and Robert Morris, they've met prior to this year. They met five straight years from 2013 to 2017, and four of those five games were decided by two goals or less. So definitely a little bit of a rivalry there, I would imagine, as we get into the first year of MAC competition in women's lacrosse here in 2021. But now let's get to a little bit of their schedule. As it was announced earlier this afternoon, they'll play 10 games all in MAC play, obviously, due to COVID-19. You want to handle travel a little bit better, limit the amount of traveling that these teams have to do. So they'll play a full 10-game all-MAC schedule. They'll play every team twice, once at home and once on the road. And their first game comes March 7th as they travel to Central Michigan. And these two teams are pretty familiar with each other because they've played several times over the past few years as members of the SOCON now coming over to this MAC conference. Their first home game will come March 13th against Youngstown State. And I'm very very excited about this because March 13th is actually my birthday. So they'll be playing as part of a double header with the men's lacrosse team. The women, as I said, will take on Youngstown state. The men will take on St. Bonaventure in a contest from Titan field later on that same day. And then the women will come back on March 20th to host Robert Morse in what I can only hope will be another closely contested game. As I mentioned for their past five meetings decided by two goals or less. And really, if I had to guess when it comes to this MAC conference, I would have to guess that Detroit Mercy Central and Robert Morris will have the upper hand this year and probably for the next few years at least, because they are, I believe, the most tenured teams 
in this conference. Everybody else hasn't been around nearly as long, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're not as talented. But my team to watch, I think, outside of those three might have to be Kent State. This is a program that I saw. They came to Detroit back in 2019. That was their first year as a program, and they impressed me for a first-year program. They really did. I liked the way that they played. They were tough. They were fast. They really put pressure on a team like Detroit Mercy that ended up being really good that year. I believe they shared the SoCon regular season title that year. So they came to Detroit and took on a very talented Detroit team, and I was very impressed by what I saw. So now they enter year three as a program, and head coach Brianne Tierney is being tasked with building yet another program. This is about the third time in her coaching career that she's been asked to build a lacrosse program basically from the ground up. And for you lacrosse fans, if you recognize the last name, Tierney, it's because she is in fact the daughter of legendary coach Bill Tierney, and she's even the wife of the Cleveland state men's head coach Dylan Sheridan so obviously she comes from a huge lacrosse background and has spent most of her life I would imagine around the game so if you have somebody or you need somebody to build a program like Kent State I think a person like Brianne Tierney is the perfect person to have in that position doing so but now let's talk about some things that I saw from this team a year ago in 2020 prior to COVID-19 ending the season after their game on March 11th and really talk about head coach Dwayne Hicks. So coach Hicks took over midseason in 2020 after the previous coach Meg Callahan was let go from her position with the team. Hicks does have experience coaching with MSU Oakland and Eastern Michigan here in the state of Michigan on the men's side as a head coach and was the assistant coach to Oakland's women's team as well at one point in time. And now I was able to see two games in person during the 2020 season before COVID-19 hit. And the first was a 22 to four loss to Jacksonville. And the other was a 23 to 12 loss at home in Detroit to Marquette that I was actually fortunate enough to call on ESPN Plus that day. And senior Megan Mensber for Marquette set a program record for goals and points in a game in that contest against Detroit Mercy. So obviously got to see a bit of history there in that one, in the only game that I actually ended up calling last season. So my memory of those two games really is that the Jacksonville game was rough if you're on the side of Detroit Mercy. That was a rough one to watch, and I'm sure it was a rough game to be a part of for the players as well. But one thing I noticed was that Coach Hicks really preached fundamentals throughout that game, no matter what the score was from beginning to end. It was always fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. And one thing I thought was actually kind of crazy because I didn't really realize it until I saw this happening was that he was still getting to know the players because it was his first, if not one of the first games in which he coached after taking over the program mid last season. So he was still even learning the players' names and their positions. I mean, he would be trying to run substitutions, looking at the sidelines saying, hey, who plays midfield? Hey, what's your name? Like, what, what position are you? Things like that. So he was, he was out there doing this on the fly, and I think he just did such a great job of keeping this team together and holding down the fort in 2020 and just trying to, I guess, get through it as best as he could. 
Then a few weeks later was that game against Marquette from Titan Field that I had the call for on ESPN+. Plus. You can also check me out again this season on ESPN+, Plus, calling a lot of their games again here in 2021. But I called Megan Mensber's name a lot for Marquette in that game. As I mentioned, she set those two program records in that one. But I also got to see freshman goalie Hannah Schrader start just her second game for the red, white, and blue in that Titan uniform. And there were times where she played very, very well for somebody who was only starting their second collegiate game. She did end up appearing in seven out of the eight games a year ago, but only made her second start of the year in that one. And she did play very well at times in that one. But again, coach Hicks definitely preaching the fundamentals in that one. He also wanted to play a little bit faster than I think I saw them play against Jacksonville. That was something else that he also preached a lot. But one thing that he mentioned a lot throughout that game that I could hear on the sidelines was wanting to work the clear more efficiently. The Titans finished 2020 65% in clears whereas their opponents were just a shade over 82% on clears that year. So now that we've kind of taken a look back at where they were a year ago with Dwayne Hicks coming in and replacing the old coaching regime, let's take a look forward a little bit and what we have to look forward to and what this team has to look forward to in 2021 outside of a new conference in this MAC conference. First, I think one of the biggest things is that you have both goalies coming back from a year ago. Maddie Johnson's now a senior. Hannah Schrader playing in seven of eight games last year as a freshman, now a sophomore this year. She was actually third in the SOCON in total saves a year ago and had a season-high 15 in that game against Marquette. So obviously having those two back this year and competing for time in the cage is going to be big for that team. But then another thing is that they do have a pretty solid upper-class presence on this roster where I count at least eight players listed as a junior or senior that have gotten significant playing time in at least the last two years, really, since I've been around the program and covering the team and calling their games, but at least eight players, I would say. And really, one thing that I know, that I like to note about last season was how tough it is rolling over that roster from where it was the year prior because you lost some huge players, and I mean huge players, in such key positions. Most notably, you lost your starting goalie in Allison McDonough, who had been the starter for about two or three years prior to that, I believe. And you lost the all-time leading scorer in program history in Lexi Kinman and another offensive player who wasn't much further down the list than that in Morgan Girardi, who I believe finished her career fourth in scoring in program history. And then even if you want to look at the defense, losing somebody like Alex McCafferty, who I thought was an anchor for that defense in 2019, losing her was also a big deal, I think, last year. But... When looking at Coach Hicks and his style of play that he wants to run with with this team and kind of his his lacrosse philosophy, I guess you could say, DetroitTitans.com did an interview with him last June after he was named the head coach of this women's lacrosse team. And he talked a lot about at one point his style and his philosophies and things like that. And it was a very lengthy response. And I took a few chunks of his response here that I want to read to you because they really stood out to me. 
And he starts out by saying, our playing style is going to be fast and skillful. We're going to really try and get up and down the field and always push the ball. I'm a fundamentals coach, and it's always been my forte. Catch and throw and move the ball. That is lacrosse. A lot of the men's game is dependent on power, find the matchup, and take advantage of it. The women's game, I feel, is more dependent on moving the ball and playing like a team. Share the ball, wait for the for the opportunity and take advantage of it. And I really like this because I like how he makes the comparisons between the men's and the women's game. Obviously he's a guy that in his coaching career has seen both sides of the game and has been around both sides and really understands both of them at such a high level and can, I guess, pull from both those games as well with his coaching philosophy and his style of play. But I like that he mentioned wanting to get up and down the field too and put pressure on the opposing team. He says, waiting and watching is not really my style. If everyone can touch the ball and score, then everyone is a threat. That's going to help you in the long run. Our goal will be to learn how to share the ball so that everyone can score. And again, I think that goes back to putting pressure on the opponent and really forcing them to play a full field game against you. And when you put that kind of pressure on an opponent, they are bound to make a mistake at some point in time. And he talks about when that happens, taking full advantage of that. And then he finally says, defensively, it's more about pressure and making the other team make a mistake. That's when we have to use speed to get the ball off the ground and get it up the field as fast as we can. That's where the coaching comes in. That's the game plan. Pretty easy. And I I totally agree with that. I love the philosophy that Coach Hicks brings to this team and the way that he's going to coach them and develop this, this roster. Because as I said earlier, I think that it is a very talented roster with what they have coming back this year and what they have to build on from the things that they worked on last spring. And I'm very, very excited to have the opportunity to call their games again this spring starting March 13th is the first home game that I will be on. And that'll do it for this episode, guys. Make sure to check out all past episodes of the podcast basically anywhere you listen to your podcast, but most notably on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, just to throw a few out there, but basically anywhere you get it, we are now at. You can also follow me and some of the things that I talk about here on the show on Twitter at Stevie Mac Media is my Twitter handle. You can interact with me and the show there. I do a lot of discussions about lacrosse with a lot of my followers there. So go ahead and give me and the show a follow. Also make sure to like, comment, and share on this post, but that'll do it for me, guys. I'll talk to you later. Later.